What's up, everybody? This is the Booch, and this shout out goes to all of the members of the Booch Cast Nation. On behalf of the entire team and all of my affiliates, I would like to take this opportunity to thank you guys so much from the bottom of our hearts for your continued support of the Boochcast. Whether it's wrestling recaps, interviews, politics, variety shows, movie reviews, whatever episodes we come out with, you guys listen, you guys tune in, and you show your support. And it means the world to us. And we're going to commence with this latest episode in just a moment. But I want to take this opportunity right now to let you guys know something really huge that is going on in the world of the booch. I am now officially on Cameo. That's right, the Cameo. The same Cameo where celebrities go and give personal shout-out videos for all their fans. And I'm here to let you guys know that for the affordable price of just $25, you can get a personalized video from me on Cameo. And it can be for any occasion that you want. You got somebody you want me to wish a happy birthday? I'll make it happen. You want me to congratulate someone on graduating high school or college? I'll make it happen. Whether it's a happy holidays video, it can be a gender reveal, it can be somebody who needs some motivation and you want the boots to motivate you, or if you got somebody in your life that you want to break up with, I'll help make the breakup happen. Or if you got somebody in your life that you want to tell to fuck off and you want it done booch style. All you got to do is go to cameo.com slash booch365. There'll be a link in the description box of every episode of the Boochcast from now till the end of time. Go there, book your video, customize it however you want. Let me know how you want it done, and I will make it happen for you. So go to cameo.com slash booch365 right now and book your personalized video today for the affordable price of $25. And now, on with the show. Top of the stairs 
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Boochcast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Yep. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to The Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude and dudettes? Yes, it's me, the broke soulless ginger, Zach Scott. Genius speaking, I'm not that broke. Tonight's card was... Yeah. 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 It was good. 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 All right, Benny. Take it away, sir. All right. Well, we are uh, going to kick off this episode right here. We've got ourselves our first official match of the evening. Which is a, bullshit. A steel cage bullshit. match. The Creed Brothers versus the Dyad. At first, guys, we tried to get, uh, Benny tried to get his Hulu uh, account up, but it wasn't working, so we had to use the uh, alternative route. We missed the first couple members of the match. The, everybody came out when Brutus was walking up there like a giant gorilla. He got attacked by the little by the um, Schism's little posse. But then we turned it on that that mostly that Brutus was taking control. I mean, it was back and forth. Remember that one time where um, he had one of the guys in the ankle lock, then picked up one guy in it and literally tossed him, yeah, like, threw him down. I mean, it was great. Then all of a sudden, you see people getting thrown left and right, kaboo, wada, and all of a sudden Brutus comes back out. Comes over there, he's clotheslining everybody. Uh, Joe Gacy has the key, come and get it, come and get it. Starts running around, running around. And then all of a sudden, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Jim Dudettes, Vinny Bucci used a word that you're not allowed to use in the wrestling world. He used the F word. Shame, Vinny Bucci. Shame. Just saying. <laughs> But after that, everything went back to normal. I mean, then, uh, the, the Brutus rips the fucking door, rips the steel cage door off the cage. Kind of like what Mark Henry did all those years ago. But otherwise not, this was a great opening match to a certain extent, even though it shouldn't be. But I enjoyed this right here, and in the end, the Creed Brothers won. And one, two, three. Vinny, take it away. Okay, uh, first of all, I need to address something right here, right now, because I've explained this to who I'm now going to refer to as the Ginger, because he has pissed me off. Um, when doesn't he piss me off? But today, he's really kind of pissing me off, and I'm going to tell you why. First of all, people need to understand the F word, and I'm going to say it right now. That the word is fake, is what we're referring to. We're not referring to fuck, because I say the word fuck multiple times. It rolls off my tongue naturally. Fuckity fuck, fuck, fuck. Exactly. But you have to understand something about, uh, about the word fake when it comes to wrestling. Um, fake is the N-word of the wrestling business. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. If you are not black and you walked up to a black person and you called them the N-word, you're going to get your ass kicked. You're going to get the shit beat out of you. You'll be lucky if you make it out of the building alive. In the wrestling business, fake is the same way. If you walk up to a wrestler or an announcer or a referee or anybody affiliated with the business and tell them that wrestling is fake. You're going to get the shit beat out of you and you'll be lucky if you make it out of that building alive. But you notice when it comes to the N-word, black people can say it amongst themselves. They say it to each other as a term of endearment. Sometimes they use it as a way to address what the hell a person is doing. Sometimes they say it in a state of shock. Kind of like how white people use the word dude. Like, dude, 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 dude. dude. They use the N-word the same way. We use dude a lot, don't we, dude? No, 
we, we do, dude. But my point is, they can say it amongst themselves, and it's not a problem. In the business, we can use the word fake to talk about something that looks stupid in the ring. So people in the wrestling business were allowed to say the word fake. Now, Zach technically does not work in the business. I do. I've mentioned it many, many times when we do the classic pay-per-view reviews, my credentials. I'll list them again in case you don't listen to the classic pay-per-view reviews for whatever reason. You might just be an NXT guy or you might hate Gator. I don't know. But my point is, I am a person who works in the business. That's why my analysis of wrestling holds water and has merit, and people take it seriously. Because I'm not just some random guy with a podcast. There was a time where I was a random guy with a podcast, but then I got into the business. I've worked as a commentator. I've worked as a ring announcer. I have been a manager. I have done street team stuff. I have popped the popcorn. I have chauffeured wrestlers to and from the building. I've even had to put some of my own money into wrestling shows, which I was not happy about, but the point is I've done it. Because I've heard some people say, you know, why don't you talk shit when your money's on the line? Motherfucker, my money's been on the line. There's been some times where shows wouldn't have taken place if Vinny didn't help out with his Lowe's money. Can you say sacrifice? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. So think about that next time you want to judge my credentials on the business. So, when I use the word fake, let me also make it clear. It was when Brudai was coming down the fucking <laughs> ring. And at first, he's clotheslining motherfuckers left and right. And I loved it. Then, he was knocking people out. Then, for whatever reason, he was grabbing people and throwing them into the cage. And the throws looked stupid. You didn't have to throw somebody like that. And at one point, a bunch of members of the schism swarm him and he just throws them all away like like Goku doing some kind of Super Saiyan shit where he just powers up and everyone flies away. Or he does the KO Ken and everyone fucking just flies away. It looked fake. I'm sorry. That looked fucking fake to me and I just had to address it. So yes, I am allowed to use the word fake and if you saw that moment, even if Gator was on here, even he would have said that looked fake because it did now just because i say that i am not saying wrestling is fake i would never do that i am not saying that the competitors in the ring are fakes i am not saying that i am just saying that particular spot did not look real and therefore should not have been done but brutus's comeback his literal fucking comeback was good until it got to that point that being said, I also want to say, Zach, you didn't have to tell people we missed the five minute, first five minutes because we just went back and watched the first five minutes before we started the show. They, they didn't need to know that, Zach. Well, that, now they know. Oh, well, now they know because I'm not going to edit that part out, but I'm just saying you don't need to mention that. That's why I went back and watched it. Mm -hmm. If I was going to address that, I wouldn't have gone back and watched it. But it's true. I was having some Hulu issues because I had to re-log back in to all my shit once I got my um, computer adjusted. I think I might have mentioned some of this during the all-in recap a few days ago. Uh, I got a new computer set up here. My brother helped me out, got me some cool new shit. And I had to, as a result, re-log in to a lot of my stuff. And because of that, Hulu was being difficult. Um, next, uh, If I get a chance to talk to Sonny uh, again, I will see if he can help me 
fix that. If not, then I'll just watch what we used here. I'll use the watch wrestling site, the special treat site uh, that we use to watch these shows. So I got no problem with that. If I have to, I will. It's just I have a Hulu account. Why not use it? But I can't seem to use it on this particular computer. So that's not going to happen. But anyway, uh, I did enjoy the fact that they put some mystery in there. Julius Creed was able to stand out in this match. Like, yeah, he was he was in a handicap match, but he was able to fight out. I did like the that powerbomb while still having the ankle lock in. I thought it was incredible. This is a chance for Julius to really break out. Now, I, I've, obviously, I love the Creed brothers as a tag team. I want them to stay a tag team because I feel like the tag team division needs as many teams as possible in order to look credible and to make the tag titles mean something both in NXT and on the main roster. But if, God forbid, they were to ever break up or if something happened to Brutus, like he gets released or if he gets injured, God forbid, at least I know Julius could stand on his own two feet. And he showed that here. And the dyad did very well. The storytelling was well done. It was a very violent cage match. Ooh, 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 ooh. Remember what uh, Julius did? Uh, had both guys on there, and then uh, uh, Brutus hit the cannonball right for once? Yeah. Well, he did the Brutus ball, is what they call it. <laughs> and then they land their stereo basement clotheslines, and that's how they got the win. And then they got reinstated. Uh, Ava storms off. Gacy looks on in disgust, so I think Ava might almost be done with the schism or be looking to kick the dyad out. And then she'll take over. Like her dad did with the League of the Nations. Well, well that, that happens, Vinny. You better praise me. Okay, well, first of all, uh, the Rocks faction was called the Nation of Domination. Nation of Domination. The, yeah. League, the League of Nations was Seamus, Rusev, uh, Wade Barrett, and I can't remember the fourth guy. It was not about to be real. And then uh, they kicked Wade Barrett out eventually. But anyway, that's the League of Nations. The Nation of Domination was the Rocks faction. If she takes over, I'm going to laugh my ass off. Well, the only way she can take over would be if they kicked out Joe Gacy. So it has to be something where the dyad's frustrated, Ava's frustrated, and they think that it's Gacy's leadership and not uh, the dyad being fuck-ups. It depends on who gets kicked out. Right now, Ava's not happy, and Gacy is disgusted. Ivy Nile gets in the ring and joins with the Creeds to celebrate. Uh, but we do have to address one other thing that happened in this match, and that is, of course, the fact that Brutus said fuck it and ripped the goddamn cage door off, which I thought looked great. And he's slamming everybody with it, and then he just spins around with it like a helicopter and drops it. Um, it was great. The, uh, the Dyad tried to choke him with, uh, tried to choke the Creed brothers with it, then they reversed it, and then, then, they, then they choked the Dyad with it, too. I thought that was a very good spot right there. And th those were just great spots. Yeah, so, yeah. Overall, very, very good spots. Overall, it was very well done, and it was one of those cage matches where it was pinfall or submission. They tried to do the rope break. The ref's like, uh, dude, there's no rope break. He's like, there's nothing I can do here. Yes, yeah, <laughs> but, but on instinct, you go to the ropes. Yeah. So you can't really fault the wrestlers for that. That's going to be your first reaction of what to do. So I get that. But I also love the fact that, you know, they tried to go the old school route with the cage. Because that's exactly how a cage should go. It should always be pinfall and submission. None of this escape bullshit. It's to blow off. There should be a pinfall. Although there was one problem with this match it, and reason why it is the shitty. Why am I not surprised this with you? There was no blood. A cage match must have blood. They must be bleeding. There was no bleeding. There was no bleeding. This is You can't have blood. You know that. That is bullshit. You no, should it's have not. That should be blood. There should no, be blood. No, in there's the no blood. There's no blood. There's no need for they blood. Should, 
They should be wearing these no, pins and not. Their faces should no. be better than Zachariah's hair. <laughs> Fuck off. Basket. No, I do not go to the basket. We basket. I am discussing. Oh, I am defending the business. You I don't care to defend the business. This, I will convince Fanny Bucci here not to give you tales of the territory if you don't shut the fuck up. Why do you think Mr. Bucciarelli listens to you? He actually does. Because courtesy of what, how bad you pissed us off today. Fuck you. Yeah, he did piss us off today. Oh my god. This has been a stressful fucking day for me, ladies and gentlemen. Like, I if I had to... anything to do with it, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, you did at one point. You, you, you did it with the whole, like, Vinny, I'm hungry, I need to go to Taco Bell. Because that was just horrible timing on your part. So yeah, I'm kind of, I was pissed at you in that moment. But it was mostly just a variety of other things. Some of which I won't go into because it's not the time or the place, but yeah, uh, I did put the game face on when we did the Bam Bam Bigelow video earlier today because I'm a goddamn professional, but I am on a podcast. He kept on saying, I'm going to be a professional. I'm going to be a fucking professional. I'm yes. Like, yes, I know you're a professional. Most, that, well, that's what I do to get in the in the mood. I got to put the game face on before I'm doing something where I can't rant, but right about now I can rant a little bit, so yeah. And Gator should be scared about not getting Tales from the Territory. He's already been pulled from Dark Side of the Ring. Because, <laughs> yes, I did have to pull him from Dark Side of the Ring. So uh, there will there were some shows that are going to feature Gator. That mean, Those will either be by myself, with Zach, and one of which will be just me and Elvis. But, um, yeah, I had to pull him from Dark Side of the Ring. We're still doing the classic pay-per-view reviews, but let's just say his role is getting more and more diminished as he continues to piss me the fuck off. So, anyway... I won't get into why. Well, I will during the uh, Chris and Tammy episode of Dark Side of the Ring. I'll explain. I'll go into full detail. Oh, boy. That's going to be fun. And it has nothing to do with me. Yes. So when the Chris and Tammy video comes out, you'll know why I was angry at Gator. I won't address it here. So then, of course, we have um, Eddie Thorpe and Dijak who are getting ready for this uh, upcoming uh, match that they're having. They go through their final thoughts. Dijak talks about, you know, you know, dispensing justice, you know, there's going to be a new authority, his authority, Eddie Thorpe talking about again, you know, the spirit of his heritage and, you know, the vision quest that he went on to go back to his roots. And basically, they're ready to uh, go to war tonight. Mm-hmm. How'd you feel about the promo? I love the promo. I did. I did. I like Dijak. I like his other Christian name, but we won't go into that now, will we? His Christian name? His Christian name. You mean Dominic Dijakovic? Yeah. We'll call him by his Christian name. Anyway, this right here, this was a good promo right here. And I can't wait to see what happens next. Go go ahead there, Mr. Bucci. Take it away. Yes. Uh, then we uh, cut to another section of the backstage area oh, where we see... Choice. The tag team champions hanging out with Carmelo Hayes, the NXT champion. And then we get a uh, visit from the Street Profits. So they come over and say hi to them. And, you know, they talk about, you know, the NXT champion and how he's doing and congratulating him and also wondering what's next. And, uh, you know, Carmelo's still kind of uh, iffy about his uh, match with Dragunov and that asterisk on his record because of how it ended. And he said, you know, I respect you guys, but I gotta go handle business. So they start talking, you know, to uh, Tony D and Stax and talking about how, you know, the street props used to run things around here. They used to run the streets, the curbs, everything, and how, you know, Tony D and Stax are making it clear we kind of run things here now. And then Street Profits said, you know, hey, maybe next time we come by, we'll ask you guys, how you doing? And they all start laughing and everybody getting cool. Like, kind of planting the seeds for maybe um, the Street Profits versus the family. 
That would be interesting to see. Yeah, so that'd uh, be actually very, very good. I would enjoy that highlight if that ever happens. Uh, how'd you feel about their interaction? I lo- I loved it right here, right there. I did, I did, I did. But then, then they all of a sudden, as soon as one of the guys says, "How you doing?" We saw four women start to beat the living shit out of each other. And at first, I thought, "Hey, the number one contenders for all the match." Turns out, I was totally wrong once again. Now, wasn't I there, Benaducci? Yeah, apparently that was uh. Yada James, Dana Brooke, uh, Electric Lopez, and Lola Vice. Lola Vice, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it was like those those four, and they were kind of like you know getting into a brawl, which it hit all the four, all four of these, all four of these guys. Yeah, awesome, radical. But if it was all a bunch of dudes, they would try to break it up. You know they would. Well, yes. Well, that's well, that's the rule. If you never break up a girl fight, that's you know Barney Stinson made that clear. <laughs> Even in the Big Bang Theory, like Howard immediately grabbed uh, Leonard when Penny and that other girl were fighting. He's like, and they're like girl fighting. He's like, why are you grabbing me? Because you're stupid enough to break it up. Leonard's kind of like, nah. Same way with, uh, off that 70s show with Jackie and Lori. It's been like, maybe we can, maybe we can see, maybe one of them can rip their shirts off. Well, yes, that's why you want to see a girl fight. You want to see clothes get torn off. It's a brawl. You want to see it. You know, you, you and you just don't want to break up a girl fight. But so that I thought that was kind of. Funny. I saw one time these uh two girls were fighting, and the neighbor guy came out there and just started spraying them with the hose. I saw a fight happen in the school. These two girls literally were like at first they were smacking each other. They were then they were grabbing each other's hair. Like it was like, literally like a hair pulling kind of thing, Christ and like trying to slam each other into lockers. Right, yeah. Finally, the teachers like set and grabbed them both. One, they're carrying one girl to the office. One girl breaks free, hits the girl from behind. It's like in wrestling, hits the girl from behind. They brawl again and like. Literally, I'm watching these two, like, argue. I'm standing there. Like, was it brutal? It was until they finally started throwing hands, and then I just went, I just froze. Because i never seen, like, a fight escalate like that. Usually I'm walking by while the fight's in mid-motion. I've never been there to see it start and then end and then holy shit. I've been putting uh, plenty of bars in my time, and, and yes, I kind of a dickhead when I'm drinking. But you can ask Vinny here, I've never started a fight at a bar, have I? No, you haven't. No, 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 no. I mean, like, I mean, I think I don't think you were there with me. I think you saw two guys start to fight, and you laughed your ass off saying, "Hey, Vinny," he goes, "What, Zach?" Because like, what? No, what we just had. He's like, "What, Zach?" I go like, "Dinner and a show." You just look. You just looked at me. You just started laughing. You had my soul. He's like, "Yeah." He's just like, "Come on, you drunk fuck. Let's go home." Yeah, because you were stupid enough to get involved. I, no, I saw two guys like, nope. <laughs> I, that was one of my buddies. They're like, okay, no, 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 dude. Do you want to go to jail? He's like, no. Then let's go. Come on. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> exactly. But And to answer your question about the girl fight, yes, that happened in Jersey. And also, um, yes, one of them was Italian. Um, and Another question is, were the other girl black just by chance? No. These are, these, no, this was... This was Cole saying high school. These were white bitches. <laughs> this is this a preppy school. There were some black girls that went to this school, but not a lot. Man, I will say this. Girls fight fucking mean. Yeah. They pulled the hair out of me. Like, I was like, yeesh. That's why, that's why people used to say that Fabulous Moolah was believable in the ring because she would use hair pulling and she would use uh, uh, scratching and stuff like that because that's how normal women would fight. Now, obviously, there are some women who are actual trained fighters that can throw punches and kicks and... Things like that, you know, your MMA fighters, your your, your karate fighters. So I, I'm aware that there are some women who know legit fight. But normal women in a normal fight, that's normally what they do. The hair pulling and the scratching and all that shit. You know? I'll just sit back and I don't stop start uh, start fights and I don't, I don't try to stop them. Because there's a good way for you to get hit. I was like, fuck this. I'll, I'll just sit there. Yeah, like, I'm like, okay, and here comes the bouncers. And you guys go, go to jail and everything else. You stop. Stupid fucking morons. Yes. This is why I'm a responsible drinker. I stay at home on my porch in my chair 
And I will say this, to tell you this, Vinny, alcohol and YouTube go far. What can I say? The two go fucking hand in hand, am I right? You are right. Am man. I right? And of course, uh... We're actually agreeing on something, holy shit. Well, of course, man, you know, uh, every now and then I like to have a little bit of the, uh, you know, the, uh, the Pinot, you know, a little Pinot grind over there. While I'm watching a fucking YouTube video, a fucking relaxing time. First of all, I yeah, just yeah, want to yeah, say... Yeah, 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 that is good. Like, especially when the Godfather, when Sonny beats the shit out of, her, out of his sister's boyfriend with a trash can. I think you enjoy that. I think everybody actually enjoyed that. Okay, I, yeah, I think that's another thing we can fucking agree on, Terry Top. I mean, come on. The dude beat up his fucking sister. What would you do? I would do the same thing. I'm just saying, uh, from what uh, from what the boots tells me, uh, you didn't have a sister, but you had someone who was pretty close to it. So I, I think you would probably kill her boyfriend or husband if he pulled that shit. Uh, that would happen. You think I'd be here right now? Every time have I told you, most of all of our, our friends there, Don, and Vinny with Astros, I'm most likely to end up on the FBI's most wanted. Am I right, Vinny? Yes, that is definitely a fact. <laughs> uh, definitely a fact. Uh, I can I can agree with that. Okay, well, I appreciate you agreeing, but I kind of need uh, kind of need my time over here. So anyway. Hey, um, you be nice to Vinny Bucci. This is his show. I'm sorry. Uh, last I checked, I was the fucking Don. I don't care. It does not say the Don show. It says the Bucci cast. You understand where I'm coming from? Get your facts right. Jerry Top got a set of blind stones today. Alright, okay, uh alright, in that case I'll uh I'll mind my P's and Q's. Okay, I'll see you uh alright. Hey, hey Boots, you got a loyal fucking guy over here. Shit, holy crap, alright. You're hell of a lot better than the dude from the swamp who bitches and complains. Alright, well anyway. Or somebody from Virginia. That's what the fuck I was referring to. Seriously, what the hell? Oh my god. There's no swamps in Virginia. You must be talking about somebody from Florida. Okay, uh, this is the part of the show where I gotta educate Cherry Top on the indie scene. He literally had an entrance song called I Am The Swamp. Oh, oops. When he first started out. Now it's like fucking something else. But Jesus Christ, my own, God forbid. <sighs> bite, fucking... bite me, bite me, bye. Jesus Christ, <clears throat> I gotta deal with this fucking shit. Oh, right. no, 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 you don't have to deal with shit. I don't want to hear it. Hey. Woohoo. Jesus Christ, all right. Look, my point is, I had a good conversation with the Street Profits. You know, obviously, they were at one point, they were the top tag team in the NXTs. Now, me and Stax, we run the fucking shit around here. And, you know, we run the, we run the buildings, we run the streets. So, the streets belong to us. So, now maybe someday the Street Profits might come back, give a little how you doing, you know what I'm saying? But, any, hey, I just want to say, anytime the Street Profits want to see uh, how we doing, they can just come by NXT. Hell, may, who knows, maybe someday we might have ourselves a little tag team match. Probably bring it to no mercy, because I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm stepping in the ring with the Street Profits, the Don's making a profit, you know what I'm saying? So we putting this on a pay-per-view. <laughs> I'm not... I'll fight the street profits, but that, I ain't doing that. that for free. I ain't doing that shit for free. All right. Why would you? I wouldn't. That's the fucking point. I don't know, but so I don't know. Sometimes the bookers, the creative guys around here, they want to put shit on free TV. You know, and uh, the Don needs to make a buck. The Don needs to still get paid for the show, but I know I make more money when I'm on the fucking pay per view. So I'd rather have it on the goddamn pay per view. Oh, I'm sorry. As we call it, the the premium live event. Whatever the fuck we want to call it. Either way, I make more money when we're not on the TV and you gotta pay to see it. Whether it's for the pay-per-view or you got a subscription or whatever the fuck. Point is, I want to face the street profits on a bigger stage. And I deserve to do it on a bigger stage. So whether we do it at a premium live event in NXT or whether me and Stax go up to Raw or SmackDown. I think they're on SmackDown though, I'm pretty sure. 
Yeah, I think yeah. I watched SmackDown. So we might go to fucking SmackDown. I mean, let's be honest. The draft ain't doing shit no more. That's about as... I got about as much value as a Mexican food stamp. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying, uh, it's, you know, it ain't got a lot of value is all I'm saying over here. So it's a ridiculous. And, and, and by the way, I can make that joke. I, I'm friends with Santos, so I can make that fucking joke. Anyway, so I'm excited. Glad we got to see the Street Profits, you know. Got to hang out, have myself a good time, and uh, look forward to seeing what we do in the future. So uh, just remember, we still got the belts. And the Don still runs NXT. Good for you. I hope you're happy. Yeah, he's happy. He's running the he's running the fucking show. Of course he's happy. Aren't you happy I had your back? Yeah, dude, that was <laughs> fucking damn. You you were willing to, to get, take a beating from the Don. Oh shit, damn. I think it's a luck of the Irish in me there, Vinny. Fuck, like Jesus. <laughs> I have a friend who's willing to piss off a mob boss for me. I'm keeping I'm keeping the ginger, just so you know. He's staying. He's fucking staying. So anyway, on that note, we're going to move on here to the next match. Oh, we got, fuck no. We got the Global yep. Heritage Invitational match yep. with Group A. Yep. So we have Charlie yep. Dempsey with Damon Kemp and yep. Drew Gulak versus Butch. No, what? that is not his name. Yeah, it is. He came no, out the ring. No, we're going to call him by his Christian name, Pete Dunn. His Christian name? We're, 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 you want to call him by his Christian name? We're calling him by his Christian name. This is, uh, okay. Yeah, I, I guess we're calling him by his Christian name. Tell the ginger to stop stealing my gimmicks. Seriously, can't you write anything original for once in your damn life? Why is it every time I come on the show and I give my best praises and I give everything, you gotta come in and cosplay like you're the fucking Miz. What the hell is wrong with you? This is what you get for pissing off Vinny today. Okay, first of all, I pissed off Vinny on my own terms. And second of Your all... Your excuse is lame as shit. Hey, hey, I'm a busy man. You're, I, no, your, your excuse is lame no. as shit. So, instead, it's going to be Charlie Dempsey with Damon Kemp and Drew Gulak versus Pete Dunne. Anyways, on with the match. This right here was actually pretty good. Both gentlemen went back and forth. Butch kept on, uh, Butch, oops. Pete Dunne kept on targeting the fingers. I mean, come on, that was really, really good. Of course, you had Noam Darn, his little fucking posse up there, which started being even lamer. This heritage cop is pointless. It is stupid. It is dumb. I am done walking away. Okay, well, I can't walk away. But basically, before this match starts, they explain the rules of this invitational tournament. And apparently, it's a round-robin tournament. Now, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but when I hear tournament, I like to I like regular tournaments. You know, there, there's qualifying matches, maybe. Or you just assemble eight random people and you do, here, here's the quarterfinals, here's the semifinals, here's the finals, we have a winner. Kind of like the playoffs of baseball and football. I, 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 I prefer that. But here we got a round robin. Basically, here's the rules. So they pick a bunch of people that represent different parts of the country, or mostly the UK, I want to say, or around the world. To compete for this Heritage Cup. Now, the winner of this tournament is going to get a shot at the Cup against Noam Dar at No Mercy. That's what this is all building to. No Mercy. So, they have Group A and Group B. So, Group A is Butch, Charlie Dempsey, Tyler Bate, and I believe Axiom. Oh, yeah, that was like Axiom. Uh, then we got in Group B, Nathan Fraser, Joe Coffey, 
Akira Tozawa, and Duke Hudson. So, they basically brought down Butch from SmackDown and Akira Tozawa from Raw to compete in this fucking tournament. So, we have all the people, all the party people, they're going to be involved in this shit. And then, what they do is, they eventually, I believe, explain the rules. So, in this, these guys are each going to fight each other in a series of round-robin matches. Kind of just interchanging. Now, every time... Someone wins a match, they get two points. Two. Two points. Two points. Two points. Two points. Now, if you lose, you get nil. No points. No points. Zero. Nothing. Nada. Not a damn thing. Nothing at all. Every match has a 12-minute time limit, and if a match ends in a draw, they get one point. Each wrestler gets one point in the event of a draw. So basically... If they make it past the 12-minute time limit, there's not going to be a, you know, both sides are out, nobody gets a bye, or they're not going to do five more minutes. That shit ain't happening. Uh, it's going to be each get one point, and you move on in the tournament. And then when the tournament's over, whoever has the most points in Group A, by the time they get to the finals, wins for Group A. Whoever gets the most points in Group B wins for Group B. And then on September 26th, which is the go-home show before No Mercy, the winner of Group A and the winner of Group B will fight in a one-on-one -on -one match, and the winner of that match then goes to No Mercy on Saturday and fights Noam Dar under the Heritage Cup rules. So that's how this tournament's going. And all I gotta say is, what the fuck is the point of this? There's no point at all, Vinny. This is fucking stupid. Why? Now we gotta go through this point system. Why? This is dumb. It's stupid. You can still drag this out without having to do this fucking crap. You can easily do, hey, let's have two quarterfinal matches here, two quarterfinal matches here, two semifinal, two semifinal, and the final. Why is that complicated? You can have two matches a week, because I think that would lead you to the fucking pay-per-view, right? Let me see. So there's the 29th, there's the there's the 29th, there's the 5th, there's the 12th, there's... I, I, don't, I can't have a calendar in front of me because I don't... My phone is fucking charging. So my phones are charging, so I don't have a fucking calendar in front of me. So hold on, maybe if I click this button. Here we go. All right. So we got August 29th, which is tonight at the time that we're recording this. Obviously, it's the next day at the time you're listening to this. So you got one, two, three, four, five. Two quarterfinal matches, two quarterfinal matches, two semifinal matches, two semifinal matches, and the finals, and then no mercy. So you could still do this in a reasonable amount of time. This is fucking stupid. Why are we doing this point system crap? I don't know. I'm not the one who's doing the writing. Obviously, this is, this, is, this is dumb as fuck. But then we get this match, which was actually really good. This is a hard-hitting, nasty fucking match. Why? Because Charlie Dempsey's a fucking badass. And Butch is out of his fucking mind. And the finger thing still makes me cringe. I get, I, I can't watch it. I get the willies. I get nervous. It fucking terrifies me to watch them, like, grab those fingers and bend them back. Doing the live long and prosper is not going to make me uncomfortable, okay? That's just gonna get, that's gonna get your ass kicked. So, he gave me the fingers. So I'm about to kick his ass. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, and now he's doing the devil sign, you know, like, rock on, heavy metal. It sucks. So, we got this match right here. Um... Butch gets the win with the bitter end, which on the one hand, I didn't like because I want to see Charlie Dempsey get a push, but I also understand that if Butch was to win this cup and be a regular on NXT, it would bring the ratings. 
because he is a big star. And as I mentioned before, we don't give it. The draft's not fucking worth anything anymore. Desmond still thinks it is, but of course he does. It's, it's Desmond. It's not, but it's not. So, it's not. So then we get to the backstage area. Mustafa Ali tells Dragon Lee that he doesn't deserve a North American Championship match since Dominic already beat him. Do you care about this at any sort of way? No. Nope. This is dumb. This is stupid. Moving on. Um, I felt like I don't want to see Dragon Lee get the shot. I would rather see Mustafa Ali. Yeah, I would too. Especially since I feel like Dominic's not going to hold this belt for very long. And I'd rather see it go to Ali, who can draw money with that title. Yeah, I think so too. Wild. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dragon yeah. Lee, he ain't shit. Nope. So then we cut to an in-ring segment. We see Ilya Dragunov. Dragunov admits that Trick Williams impressed him last week. Williams is more than an entertainer, and he is definitely not a sidekick. With that, Dragunov told Wesley last week that he is next for Carmelo Hayes. Noam Dar and Metaphor are still on the upper stage, so of course Dar interrupts Dragunov for an impromptu supernova session. Dar thinks it's funny. Dragunov is out here begging for a match against Hayes. Dragunov asks Dar to give him one reason why he shouldn't come up there. Lash Legend and Jakar Jackson both say Dar isn't afraid of Dragunov. Dragunov takes off his jacket and starts to leave the ring. Everyone in Metaphor yells for him to stop. Dar challenges Dragunov to a match next week instead of a brawl right now. Mensa steps in and says Dragunov doesn't deserve to be in the ring with a champion like Dar. Dragunov will face him instead. Dragunov is perfectly fine with that. The two men start brawling. Dragunov sets him up for the torpedo Moscow. Mensa rolled out of the ring before he could get hit. Yeah, I mean, this is right, this right here was good. I mean, Dragunov is always good at his promos when he's talking. Always good as he's uh, talking. Gave, gave, uh, he gave credentials to uh, Trick Williams, Tricky. And uh, then all of a sudden, Norm Dar had it ruined again. Open that dick liquor of his. And all of a sudden, this guy who I can't understand with pink fucking dreadlocks. You are not a man! And this is to start, uh, start brawling. The guy with the pink hair rolls out. So next week, we'll see those two gentlemen go at it, and I hope Dragunov beats the living shit out of dude with the pink hair. Oh, he's definitely gonna kick his ass, because they're gonna build up to something where... He's not a man with pink hair. He's not. But I'm saying they're going to build this up to where he's going to get a shot at the NXT title against Carmelo Hayes. So in the meantime, in between time... He'll just fuck him up. He'll just whoop his ass. So that's pretty much what they're and going to do. And personally, with. this happens. Dragunov and Carmel Hayes at no, no no mercy. I think Dragunov needs to go over. He does. Unless, building him up like this? Come on now. Unless they really want to uh, keep Carmelo as champion to have him prove that he's, you know, someone who can easily beat Dragunov. He doesn't want that asterisk. But if he does lose to him, then it will seem like, wow, I really can't beat him. And that could cause uh, Carmelo to snap and maybe turn heel. If that's the direction they're going. I don't know. All I'm saying is, Dragunov is trying to get a shot at Carmelo. So he's definitely kicking Mensa's ass next week. If Mensa wins this match, it's because there's going to be fuckery. There will be interference and fuckery and that will cause it. But it would still be a bad booking decision. So I don't, I don't think they're going to do that. Hopefully they don't. All right, man, do your thing. And then we cut to the backstage area where we see Von Wagner going off on Braun Breaker. And I felt that Von Wagner cut a very stellar promo here. This was one of his best ones ever, really, to me. Yeah, he basically said you might as well be called the blindsider because you keep blindsiding me. But you don't have to worry about it because we're going to have a match next week. And he said, you bring the spear, I'll bring the hardwood because you're gonna, you're because we're going to have a no disqualification match. Okay, um, I, I want to say this. I love the promo until the very end. Mm. This is a guy who's wearing a t-shirt that says, you're going to get tabled. This is a guy who's saying, I'm going to bring a table for one. This is a guy who's saying, I'm going to bring the hardwood. 
So why not make this a fucking tables match? Would it not make sense for these two to fight in a tables match? Yeah, that would make sense. They're literally setting this gimmick up to make Braun Breaker the guy who gets the tables. Which is a gimmick we haven't seen since the Dudley Boys or Public Enemy. Because those are all those were two teams that were known for tables. Public Enemy and the Dudley Boys. Now you got Von Wagner. Who's now making the tables his thing. So why not make it a tables match? Why is it no disqualification? Let him end the match by putting Braun through the announce table. Ref rings the bell. Assuming Vaughn's going to go over. The most, the most important question is, is why the fuck are they doing this on free TV? I'm assuming it's because they want to build something with Baron Corbin for no mercy. That's the only reason why. They're going to put this on TV. So after this match, if Von Wagner gets a clean win, he's going to go after Baron Corbin. Or if Corbin interferes, it could be Corbin versus Breaker. Or as I mentioned before, they might make it a triple threat. So all these stories are intertwined. So that's why I think it's on free TV because they're building to something else for No Mercy. Because if Corbin wasn't involved in this at all, I'd be saying, what the fuck? Make it a tables match and put it at No Mercy. Now I'm saying, what the fuck? This should be a tables match next week. No disqualification makes no sense for this. If you're going to give this guy a table gimmick, let him start having table matches and have him put motherfuckers through tables to establish this is the new table guy in WWE. Otherwise, what the fuck are we doing here? And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. We got some tag team action. Another girl fight, only this time it's sanctioned. We got Kalani Jordan and Dana Brooke versus Lola Vice and Alexa Lopez. Did you enjoy this? Yeah. Yeah, I did. All right, these four uh, these four women, they went at it right there and everything else. I mean, I don't know why Electric Lopez is hooking up with Lola Vice. Lola Lopez. Yeah, Lola Vice. Lola Vice is her name. And I'm like, okay, I mean, everything was going fine and dandy. Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Lola Vice throws Dana Brooke into the into the steel steps. Kia Jordan comes up and checks uh, checks on her. And then uh, they, uh, they, then they got beat. One, two, three. And Dana Brooke was pissed. The fuck off. Vinny, take it away. Yes, this was a very well done match. It was violent. It was brutal. Uh, you know, Dana Brooke going into uh, the ring steps there. Uh, Kalani Jordan getting distracted. And then uh, Lola Vice and uh, Electra Lopez taking advantage. Uh, they hit, like, uh, some weird-ass finish move where it, like she held up like they were going for the heart attack. But then uh, she does, like, a spin kick and a, into a power slam or a flapjack or, like, a one, two, three. They get the win. Uh, Dana Brooke is going nuts, and she's livid that Kalani Jordan got pinned. So now I'm wondering, like, is this going to cause a breakup between these two? So I think Dana's on the verge of snapping because she's realizing Kalani Jordan is holding her back. And that's what I think is going to happen here. It's like she's going to come to the realization that this chick is holding me back. She's causing nothing but problems, and she needs to put a stop to it. So I think that's what's going to happen here. And Lola Vice and Electra Lopez are so sexy to watch. I love I love their entrances. I love their celebrations. Uh, I look forward to them winning every match just because I'm a dude and it's so sexy. So that's really what I enjoyed. But overall, it was a good match. And I mean, it wasn't like a, a match of the year candidate or that kind of stellar match, but it was good enough for TV. And then we cut to the locker room area. We see uh, Trick Williams in the back, and he gets confronted by Carmelo Hayes. So, of course, uh, you know, Carmelo's out there getting frustrated, you know, because he's got that asterisk still in his head, trying to all that doubt creeping in. Trick's telling him it's just noise. Block it out. He goes, unless it is true. And, you know, 
Straight said, look, what happened at the Great American Bash is not my fault. Does my word not mean nothing to you? He goes, no, dude, I'm coming to you because I trust you. He said, do you think I can beat him? He goes, yeah, I mean, I think so. He goes, why are you saying it's like that? He goes, tell me, can I beat him? And he goes, look, man, I don't. He goes, that's all I need to hear. And he walked out and he said, I don't think you can. I know you can. Yeah, I mean, I saw this right here. You could definitely tell that Trickler and Carmelo Hayes, there is some um, downfall in that relationship of theirs, really, to tell you the truth. But um, I'm eager to see where this goes because I'm telling you right now, if this happens at no mercy, I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. Trick Williams might just cost Carmelo Hayes the gold. If he does, it'll be unintentional. I don't see Trick Williams turning heel. Trick is too popular as a babyface. That is true. And obviously we know that he has Carmelo's best interest at heart. Because the whole reason they're like kind of separate right now is because Trick is trying to prove that he's not a sidekick and that he can stand on his own two feet. And Carmelo is trying to prove that what happened with Dragunov is not a fluke and that he legit can beat him. But it is causing tension. I think Carmelo's paranoia is going to cause him to snap and he may turn on Trick. And it might be Trick trying to convince Melo not to lose it until finally they got to fight one-on-one, whether it's for the NXT Championship or if Melo loses the title to Dragunov, they might just fight one-on-one non-title. And one of two things will happen at the end of that. Either at the end of that, they'll reconcile after the big fight, or they'll go their separate ways and they'll never team again, which I think is a bad idea because they are a great team. Like I said, at some point, I want to see them with the tag team titles. I definitely want to see Trick with singles gold, but I also know as tag team champions, him and Mello would be great. So I don't want this team to split, but I'm intrigued to see what happens if they do. But obviously Mello didn't stick around for the rest of that, but now he thinks Trick's doubting him when we know he was trying to say, I don't think you can, I know you can. Because, you know, that's usually how they do stuff. Like, I don't think you can win. And then the whole thing, the whole thing dies down. The guy looks up like, what the hell? And he goes, I know you can. And the crowd goes up and the confidence is there. So... I'm intrigued to see where the story goes. It's one of the most intriguing on the show. So I like very, very true. Yes. And on that note, we're going to move on here to the next match of the evening. We've got Dijak one-on-one against Eddie Thorpe. I thought this was great right here. I mean, Dijak came out to the ring first, but once Eddie Thorpe came out there, Dijak thought he could get, uh, could get the uh, upper hand. Turns out they didn't. And then by the time he got back in the ring, Eddie Thorpe had time to take off all his stuff, all his earrings and everything else, and get back in the ring. And these two Bon Javins beat the living shit. Shit out of each other. At first, Dijak took off his shelf, tried to hit him, uh, tried to hit uh, uh, Eddie Thorpe with the belt. Then Eddie Thorpe got a hold, tried to uh, try to hit that. Then he tossed it out. Then tried to grab a chair. That didn't work out. Then all of a sudden, uh, Dijak punches basically Eddie Thorpe with the uh, uh, with the belt. Hit his finisher. One, two, three. And the winner is Dijak. I kind of wish Eddie Thorpe won a one, but then again, this was a very good match. I enjoyed it highly. They has fight. They has fight. That's the best way I can describe it. They has fight. They beat the fucking shit out of each other, as Zach said. But I love the element of surprise in that because it showed how personal the match was. And the way they set it up, they did give him time to take off his jewelry and shit because you don't wrestle with that kind of jewelry on. Especially earrings. That will fuck your ears up badly if they fall out. Like, you gotta take jewelry out before you fight and shit. So, I do like that aspect. But, if he was gonna come out and do that run-in, why have your gear and shit on at all? And by gear, I mean, like, why put on your entrance shit? Just go out there normal and beat his ass. Don't have, don't be in a situation where, I wait, let me take my earrings off and let me take my my chain, my necklace off. Why are you even wearing that if you don't attack him from behind? Why does it take you 10 minutes to take off your shit? Exactly. It looks stupid. But stupid, stupid, that, was stupid, only, stupid. that was the only thing in the match that looked stupid. Everything else was fine. Yeah. This is a very well done match. 
What the, the belt storyline was great because the first time I've ever seen somebody take a belt away from uh, being, you know, used as a weapon. Because if you remember the days of WCW, WCW, and you remember the matching Hogan and The Rock, uh, anytime that weight belt came off, he could whip every motherfucker with it. Mm-hmm. That was that didn't go against the rules. You could use it nope. at, at the ref's discretion. So this is the first time I've ever seen somebody actually try to take a belt and have the ref stop them. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if this is something new they wanted to implement or if the referees in WCW just let the top talent run too wild. I don't fucking know anymore. I, everything I know may be a lie. I don't, I don't know. I'm questioning everything. Um, but still, great fight, great spots. Everything just about looked believable. There wasn't too many uh, things that looked stupid in this match. And in the end, Dijak got the win as well he should. Because you can make money with Dijak. Eddie Thorpe's not there yet. He's working on it, though. Oh, he's definitely working on it. I'm not saying he'll never be a draw. I'm just saying he's not now. So let's give it to the guy, Dijak, who is a draw. And then we cut to the backstage area with uh, Baron Corbin hanging out. When all of a sudden he gets confronted by Braun Breaker. Braun and Baron basically, you know, throwing some insults back and forth or saying some sarcastic shit. And Braun just wants to make sure that Baron Corbin's not going to get involved in his business with uh, Von Wagner. And Corbin's like, I don't care about either one of you. What makes you think I even want to get involved? He says, because if you do, it'll be the end of days for you. And he starts laughing. And he goes, just do a a favor and don't get put through a table. And then walks away. I love this right here. Baron Corbin's like, okay, I don't care for you. I don't care for Von Wagner. Whatever you do, man, don't get put through a table. And like, like, taps his shoulder and walks away. I thought that was fucking hilarious right there. I was like, and he came back with like, right, like that. I was like, but you never know. Watch Baron Corbin next week get involved somehow. I think he's going to get involved. Well, here's the thing. I think he had no intentions of doing that until Braun Breaker threatened it. Because most of the time, guys are like, dude, I don't give a shit about this. But the moment you make a threat, a guy feels like, okay, you just threatened me. Now I have to fight you or I have to do this because if I don't, you're going to think, I'm scared of you, and that's why I didn't do it. You're going to be like, oh, yeah, see, Corbin didn't interfere. I punked his ass out. And Corbin's going to be like, oh, really? Mm. So he might come out just to say, motherfucker, you don't tell me what to do. Motherfucker, you can't punk me out. And motherfucker, you just got dealt with. So next time, keep your mouth shut. Mr. Best Spear in the business. I'm surprised he's allowed to wear that shirt. Mm. Uh, Best Spear in the business? Goldberg. Yeah. We, we, we just gonna we just gonna glance over that shit. Not edges. You know, it's definitely not edges. It's definitely not edges. Yeah. Goldberg had the best spear. Roman Reigns had another good one. Uh, there's a few others that got decent spears, but Batista. Yeah, but I'm saying Goldberg and Roman have the best because they actually have football backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And it was actually kind of funny because uh, Goldberg played for UGA and Roman played for Georgia Tech, which is kind of fucking hilarious when you think about it. So now, so when they feuded, not only was it spear versus spear. It was UGA versus Georgia Tech. And unfortunately, Tech won. So anyway, uh, on that note, we are going to cut. I'm going to let that go. Roman beat Goldberg. What the fuck do you want me to say? And the Georgia Bulldogs, two national champions in a, in a row. Moving on. You and your dick-measuring contest in college football. So you know anyway, also likes college football, too? Gator Ricky Ross. Oh, and I give a fuck why. Because it's still the game of football. You just can't see through it with your thick New York head. Yeah, sorry. It's the South, Vinny. It's the South, dude. It's college football. It's religious. But it's I still don't the give game. A fuck. It's still the game of football. I'm just saying, the Georgia Bulldogs never lost a 28 to three lead. No, they didn't. Not that I recall. 
And then we cut to a random ass video out in, I think, the fucking desert somewhere. And we see Wesley. Basically, he says he's all clearing his head. Um, he's saying Heat Wave did not go as planned, but he's saying that he is not done with Carmelo Hayes because he said he didn't beat him, he beat himself. And then he, the, hitting the barricade was not his intention, but he took everything he threw at him. And then in the end, he lost. But. He is going to do everything he can to fight back to get in the number one contender spot. And then he says the next time they meet, the NXT title is coming to the west side. Who cares? I don't. Wesley, you didn't You didn't lose yourself. You got pinned. Uno, dos, tres. Get the fuck over it. I don't like you. Vinny doesn't like you. Who cares? You're, you suck. Goodbye. Moving on. Yeah, I, I, got, I don't care. I'm sorry. Wesley shouldn't have even gotten an NXT title match. But it's dead, it's done, I don't want to see him compete for the title again. I'm not invested in this gimmick, I'm not invested in this character, I'm not invested in this wrestler. He doesn't deserve to be NXT champion. He barely deserves to be on the roster, period. Because he brings nothing to the table, he does the same shit that everyone else can do. He is enhancement talent at best. And it's embarrassing that he's even getting these opportunities. So this is a waste of time. And then, we have a waste of time, we move on to the next match of the evening. We have Group B, a Global Heritage Invitational match. We have Joe Coffey with Gallus versus Nathan Fraser. Did you enjoy this, Vinny? Not really. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I guess it was okay. It wasn't really. I did not enjoy this. I was checking my email on Facebook. I was like, is it done yet? No, is it done yet? No, is it done yet? Oh, Joe Coffey wins. Who fucking cares? Because I don't. This match sucked. I don't like any of these two. I particularly don't like uh, Nathan Frazier. I kind of have to go for Joe Coffey because he is Scottish. But otherwise than that, I was not happy with this one. Vinny, take it away, sir. It was a waste. A waste of time that we'll never get back. Yeah, both these guys, you know, I like Nathan to a degree. He does have some charisma. Granted, he's a little bit on the flippy side. Gallus, I am not invested in this team at all. So I just didn't care. And Joe Coffey winning did not impress me. It, it was a waste. It was a waste. This is another stupid match. I didn't mean to happen. This tournament is disorganized as fuck. And it's hard to get excited for it. So this match was basically a waste. You know, Frazier missing a Phoenix Splash. Coffey almost decapitating with Best for the, for the Bells. He gets the win. Whoopee. Then we cut to, we have... Uh, some Chase U stuff going on. Uh, Andre Chase is a little confused because Thea Hale, for the first time, has not shown up to class. Uh, he's basically explaining the rules of the tournament. Uh, Duke Hudson is basically sitting there taking notes because, you know, obviously he's in the tournament. They talk about how they didn't know he was Australian. Um, I kind of forgot that he was. I knew it was mentioned briefly when he had a backstage um, segment with uh, Grayson Waller back when he was on NXT, but I didn't quite remember it, so... This wasn't interesting. Next thing we know, class is dismissed, and then Thea Hale walks in. Andre's obviously disappointed that Thea missed the entire class. She goes, is that a crime? And Duke tries to stand up for Thea, you know, saying, hey, she's got a perfect attendance record. I think it's okay she misses one class. And then Andre kind of looks at him like, fuck you just say. He's like, but then again, it was an important <laughs> class. It is, uh, you know, Heritage Invitational Month. And... Uh, there's now all this tension going on, and Duke tries to uh, play peacemaker by saying, okay, let's go to study hall. So they're going to study hall, and then Thea says she's not going. She has plans. Then all of a sudden, here comes JC Jane saying, ready, Thea, and they walk out, and then Andre and Duke kind of look at each other like, what the fuck? Basically, what this means right here, guys, 
that Dia Hill is about to leave Andre Chase and become him to tease up with DC Jane. I think what they're trying to form here. They're trying to make some kind of alliance, which if there were still NXT women's tag team titles, I would probably be okay with this. But I, I do worry if this is going to hinder Thea Hale from ever becoming NXT women's champion, unless JC Jane wants to cheer her on and kind of be, you know, like her backup until it's time to split them up and then they can feud for the belt. And maybe JC Jane might take it from Thea Hale. And Thea gets called up. You know, the question is, though, can Thea Hale stand on her own two feet without Chase U? Is she still going to have a gimmick that the fans will get behind, whether she's heel or babyface? Or is Chase U her entire image? Because that's going to be hard to do. How is she going to break away from that? Can she break away from that? And is the character she's going to create now going to draw money? And that's what I'm worried about. I don't know if Thea can be anything more than just Chase U's little chihuahua mascot. But I am intrigued. And that's what I like about some of these NXT stories. They're making us want to tune in next week. Now, granted, we're NXT correspondents, so we would tune in next week regardless because we have to, we have a show to do. But I actually want to tune in. It's not just, oh, I'm doing this for the Poochcast. I'm doing this because I'm a wrestling fan. I want to see what they do next. And then we cut to the backstage area with Tyler Bate. And basically, he wants to use the Heritage Cup Invitational to settle a rivalry with Butch, who he, he fought with and has been friends with back when he was Pete Dunne, which, as Zach mentioned earlier, is his Christian name. Yes, we must call him by his Damn Christian it. name. Always, always use the Christian name. It's very important. Whoa, whoa, hold the fuck up, you hypocritical fuck. What? You give me crap, but do you not give Vinny Bucci any shit? Fuck you, Gator. Well, you don't give crap to the man who runs the show. Don't that you? is very true, that... but you also don't get pissed off over stupid bullshit. Well, excuse me, uh, I I do not get mad over stupid bullshit. Vinny, is that right, or is that a totally wrong thing, what he just said? Oh, it's totally wrong. Fuck you, don't be correcting my, my, my memories. I mean, memories? Don't be correcting what, what I said. I just said, I do not get involved in stupid shit. And I say, you call him by his Christian name. That's what we do. But I do it because, I, like I said, Mr. Bucciarelli is in the business. So I give him permission. You are not in the business. And you need to be more creative. And also, you need to improve upon your game. Ah, right. But at least I show up on time. Well, of course you show up on time. Mr. Bucciarelli is your ride because you ain't got no car. That's true. But also, I kind of have no life. This is the only thing that's actually exciting in my life. Well, I could have told you that. See, that's what we need to stand there. So, But yes, yes, always call him by his Christian name. That's his very important. That's it, basket. I am not going to basket. the basket. I refuse to basket. call you the basket. I am not going to the basket. To tell I will tell Vinny Bucci to give someone else the tales of the territory or something way fucking worse. So you got to count to five. Count down from five, four, three, two. Fuck you. All right. Keep a fucking padlock on the fucking basket. How many goddamn times have I told you to keep a padlock on it? See, first of all, you don't order me shit 
first of all, let's so let, let let's take that down. Let's take that down. You at a ten. Let's bring it down. Let's let's bring the volume down before you go out that window. Now, also, let me just say, I did put a padlock on the motherfucker. What can I say? The man knows how to break through locks. Okay, the dude could escape from fucking Alcatraz if he wanted to. But anyway, um, I do like the fact that uh, they're gonna sell their rivalry. I I do think it would be intriguing. Uh, I believe they're in the same group, if I'm not mistaken. So it might be on one of the qualifying, one of the point related matches. But if they're not, if they're in different groups, mm -hmm. then I would love to see Tyler Bate win one group and Butch win the other group, and then they collide, and that be the settlement of the rivalry. And I if Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne do, do go at it, I don't care who wins, because I like Tyler Bate, but I like Pete Dunne a little bit more. But I do like Tyler Bate, because he's got really good heart, and he's actually pretty decent in the ring. He's very decent in the ring. So I'm saying, if they're, on, if they're in different groups, which, like I said, I cannot remember 100% if they are. Let me see. Uh, da, 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 da. If I'm looking correctly here, let me see. Da, da, da. Wait. Uh... Here, that no, they're in different groups. They're in different groups. So in that case, I would love to see. Oh wait, no wait, that's Tyler Bate right there. No, they're in the same group. Okay, but, yeah. All right. I think because we confused him with um, Nathan Frazier, maybe. Sometimes, like, in in the video, they, they, in the they both got fucking long hair, so it's hard to tell. And beards too. Yeah. Sorry, all white guys with long hair and beards look alike to me. So on that note, um, obviously we're not going to see that, but what we are going to see is the main event of the evening. The fatal four-way match to determine the number one contender to the NXT Women's title. We have Kiana James versus Gigi Dolan versus Roxanne Perez versus Blair Davenport. I mean, this right here was actually pretty good. It started off really, really messy, did it not, Benny? Oh, it was very messy. Very messy. But then again, they finally got back into the ring, and these four ladies beat the living shit out of each other. It was fantastic. I thought this was a very good main event. Sometimes I'm not the biggest fan of uh, of uh, of these type of matches right here, but I mean, people were hitting bulldogs and DDTs and everything else. And for a second there, we thought Roxanne Perez was going to win. I was sitting down. Vinny was pacing back and forth, kept on saying, Perez better not win. Perez better not win. Perez better not win. But lo and behold, the hottest, the hot teacher, Kiana James wins. So we will see. Tiffany Stratton against Kiana James next week for the NXT Women's Championship. Most likely, Tiffany Stratton is going to retain, but why would she lose it on free TV? Take it away, Benny. Yeah, that was really the biggest negative, is the fact that this match is going to be on free TV and they're not going to build it to no mercy. I, I was a little disappointed in that. But I was not disappointed in this Fatal 4-Way because the women brought it. Like, every move in there was crisp. Every move in there was done. I think there was only like maybe one faulty move, and that was the moonsault that Kiana did off the barricade because she didn't need time to get her balance, and Blair Davenport, again, was clearly looking up, so I didn't like that. Uh, although, at first, it was looking good because she was staggering a little bit. If she just kept her head down, if she had just simply kept her head down a little bit more and while Kiana was finding her footing, then it would have worked. But because she did, she was standing right up and clearly trying to catch her. So that was the only stupid spot in the whole match. Outside of that, everything else was done to perfection. It was and, all believable except for that little thing right there. Yeah, and like I said, they, it had me on the edge of my seat. And then, of course, they had the big Tower of Doom moment where uh, Kiana and Blair, I believe, are trying to superplex Roxanne off the turnbuckle. And then Gigi Dolan shows up. 
grabs both uh, Blair and Kiana and brings them down as they all come down, and Gigi got the upper hand. And we were both cheering for Gigi Dolan. That's who we wanted to win this match. I wanted anybody who wasn't Roxanne, just to be clear. So when it looked like Roxanne was going to win, I was, I'm literally like, I'm up, I'm pacing. I'm like, I swear to God, if this bitch fucking wins. Oh, I was going to go the fuck off. I was going to go the fuck off. I was going to lose my fucking shit in a bad way if Roxanne had won this goddamn match. Because that should not happen. But she hit the pop rocks on the floor to, I believe it was uh, Gigi. Then she gets in the ring and hits pop rocks on Blair. But Blair rolls out of the ring. Fucking brilliant spot. And then James hits the ring, drops Perez with her finish, the 401k, and gets the one, two, three. Kiana James is the number one contender. I am fucking happy and relieved. Cough, cough for Kiana James, please, here, Mrs. Vinabucci. Yes, and then Tiffany comes out to stare down with uh, Kiana as they're going to face off next week. And like I said, I only wish this was happening at No Mercy. And I wish they could find a way to really tell a story with these two and drag it out rather than have them compete next week. Because now either Tiffany's going to retain because it's on free TV or Kiana's going to win because it's on free TV. And then something's gonna lead to some fuckery for no mercy. I don't know, but I would I, I I would much rather see this in the pay per view. That's how I feel. But I'm just glad Roxanne didn't win. And I know throughout the night these women were doing promos and stuff, and each time I really go in, but Roxanne's like, you know, I want everything now, and you know everything that she was bragging about. Like, why do people think I'm still here? It's like because you're Booker T's girl. I honestly believe that. If Booker T was not a fucking commentator in NXT, Roxanne would not be getting this fucking push. I truly believe Booker T is politicking behind the scenes to keep this bitch in the title picture when she shouldn't be. So thank God Kiana got the win and justice prevailed. And then, of course, at the end, we see Carmelo on his phone looking at Wesley's uh, interview or the thing he was doing. And then all of a sudden, he opens up the door to Shawn Michaels' office and says, we need to talk. So the question is... What are they going to talk about? Is he going to demand a one-on-one -on -one match with Dragunov? Or is it going to end up being a triple threat match with the two of them and Wesley? I'm praying for the one-on-one -on -one match. And I hope Wesley fucks off in a corner somewhere. Until at least after No Mercy. Because I know they're going to throw his ass back in here. But please do not put him in a pay-per-view title match. Please don't. Let's have Carmelo and Dragunov settle the score in some type of match where there must be a winner and no excuses. Maybe they lock them in a cage. That could be it. Or maybe they have some type of no-holds-barred match or whatever. Something happens to where there has to be a winner, but I think the cage might make more sense, even though we just saw a cage match earlier today. It would make more sense for the simple fact that it's a valid way to keep everybody out, especially if you have the type of cage that we saw earlier tonight. I think that would work. But again, we don't know what's going to happen. I'm sure uh, Carmel's going to say something next week, or we might see Shawn Michaels come out next week and say something. I hope so, because I think we need more Heartbreak Kid appearances, since he does run NXT, and it would bring ratings to see Sean come out. Not that they're going to make him wrestle. If he was going to wrestle, it would have been against Grayson Waller at Stand and Deliver, which I would have preferred that over Johnny Gargano, but beggars can't be choosers. No, they cannot. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Now, before we officially wrap up this NXT recap, we chose to do this at the end of the show because... 
we had a lot to talk about, and I was very, very frustrated. So I wanted to get my frustrations out so we can get on a serious, somber note. As you guys know, if you, if you listen to the theme song I played at the very beginning of the show, after my Cameo promo, of course, by the way, go to Cameo.com slash 365 to book your personalized videos from me. I played an entrance theme for a man who recently passed away, a wrestler that we all knew, we all loved, was the same age as me, which has got me shook up. And of course, we're talking about William Lawrence Rotunda, better known as Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I mean, I mean, first it was Terry Funk. He died at 79. Like, okay, okay. But as soon as I sat down waiting for my lift or Uber ride from work, it said that uh, Bray Wyatt passed away at the age of 36. I'm like, what the fuck? So the next day at work, not to mention it was busy as shit, I was down in the dumps, man. I was not happy. And when Vinny came to pick up, I was kind of freaking out, wasn't I? Yes. So yeah, I was like, this is not good. Dude, well, like, that, I already did that. And I was like, I, was like, I know Vinny heard about this. That's why I didn't call you about it. I was like, Vinny's probably heard enough about this from enough people, so I did not bug you about it. I wanted to. I was like, nah, I didn't want to. I didn't. Uh, yeah, I got multiple phone calls from Gator, Desmond. I got text messages from Wens. Like, everybody was A couple people me. from work who watched sometimes watch wrestling and everything else. And uh, I told him, like, that my, uh, my buddy Damien comes up. Like, Bray Wyatt passed away. I was like, yeah, well, guess what else will happen? Terry Funk died just not even 24 hours not even twenty four hours after him. He was like, that's fucking crazy. I walked away. So it had me spooked. I'm like, uh-oh. But thank God for Bray Wyatt. I love them. He's creeped to have me. He's good on his promos. Fantastic in the ring. Uh, hope that all his family is okay. He leaves four, you know, four young kids behind. That sucks. But what Bray Wyatt would say, and his name, I can't say it. He said, move the fuck on, guys, and go on with your lives. Well, yeah. I mean, I get that. I mean, of course, Bray Wyatt, uh, what happened was he died of a heart attack in his sleep. That's what he said. He died of a heart attack in his sleep. And what happened was, apparently... Bray had a pre-existing heart condition, and he had contracted uh, COVID, which exasperated the heart problems. And I think that's what was delaying his return to the ring. And then, of course, we find out he had the heart attack and he passed away in his sleep. So that's what happened. That was the cause of his death. And, of course, WWE paid tribute to him on SmackDown. I believe they also did so on Raw. And, of course, tonight on NXT, they did the same thing. So, in the spirit of that, uh, I do have a little bit of a thing I want to say about Bray Wyatt. He was obviously one of the all-time greats. Uh, he came from a very uh, well-known wrestling family. Uh, his grandfather was Blackjack Mulligan. That was his grandfather. His father was Mike Rotunda, who we all know uh, as Erwin R. Scheister, who was IRS. The IRS guy. And his uncles were Barry and Kendall, Kendall Wendham. So... He also has a younger brother, uh, Taylor Rotunda, who we know as Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas. All you have to do is believe. Exactly. And bef his obviously his original gimmick was Husky Harris in the Nexus. That's when he got his first uh, on-screen appearance. Then he went back to you know the, the uh, NXT. At the time, it was Florida Championship Wrestling. But anyway, he went back to NXT when they rebranded it. And he became Bray Wyatt and the leader of the Wyatt family, which consisted of Luke Harper, uh, who we all know as Brody Lee, uh, Eric Rowan, and then later they added Braun Strowman, the Black Sheep, to make it a four-man group. And obviously, he was a three-time world champion in WWE. He won the WWE title once in the Elimination Chamber, and then he won the Universal Championship twice. 
uh, as uh, you know the fiend gimmick. He got that. Uh, then he also, like I said, he was Bray Wyatt. That lasted a while. Then eventually he became the Firefly Funhouse guy. You know, with that the, was fucking awesome. With the hello boys and girls, <laughs> and then later the fiend came into play. Then after that went away, he eventually became this new version of Bray Wyatt we're going to see with the Uncle Howdy and, you know, the Alice in Wonderland style stuff we were going to see. And obviously had a lot of plans for this, but unfortunately, we'll never know how it went. Fortunately, we'll not. And, um, you know, but in the end, uh, Bray Wyatt's remembered as, you know, the, the stint he had in WWE. It was from 2010 to 2021. So he was in WWE for at least 11 years before being let go. Then eventually he came back in 2022 and was trying to have a solid run. And then, you know. I remember when he returned and we were driving down the road. Remember that, Vinny? Yeah. <laughs> we actually had to pull into a parking lot to watch the rest of it. And Desmond would not stop texting. He's back. He's got the whole world in his hands. She's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. Damn. I love that. <laughs> we just did that now. We just did. We nailed that good. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, rest in peace to the dude and hope his family is okay. It just, I understand with, um, like I said, with um, Terry Funk. He was 79. Come on now. He also did a lot of crazy shit. But Bray Wyatt was 36. I'm old, I'm 37. I'm barely older than him. So, yeah, Vinny and I were like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of freaking well, out about this. Well, I'm freaking out more because I'm exactly 36. Yeah, but, um, you know, one of the things I loved about Bray Wyatt was his so good on the mic that he could take anything and make it sound good or make it cool. That's why I never felt that a lot of the stuff he did was silly because he could always make it work. Like, for example, when he was feuding with Roman Reigns. And he had, like, pictures of his daughter in a room or something. And then he's going to look for him to kick his ass. And all of a sudden, you hear a song playing on repeat. And it's uh, Bray Wyatt going, I'm a little teapot short. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. That was good. Here is my handle. Here is my spell. When I get all steamed up, hear me shout. Tip me over and pour me you're like, fuck, did he just make that song creepy? <laughs> and also my favorite was, Edge and Christian had this show called uh, The Show That Reeks of Awesomeness or something on the WWE Network. This is before Peacock. And Edge and Christian were doing this skit about how they were going to have a slumber party. And they wanted someone to read them a bedtime story. So they're in onesie pajamas with sleeping bags. And all of a sudden the lights go out. They come back on. Or there's a little spotlight, and they're freaking out. And Bray Wyatt is sitting in a fucking rocking chair, and he's got Eric Rowan and Braun Strowman behind him in their sheet masks. And he goes, you guys want to hear a bedtime story? And Edge and Christian are like, yeah? Yeah, he goes, well, I've got one for you guys. It's called Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Once upon a time, there lived a little girl named Goldilocks. And she was a wicked, wicked, wicked child who spat and swore and chewed tobacco. And one day, she decided to go for a walk in the woods. And on her walk, she came across the house of the three bears. A lavish mansion with a garden full of bonsai trees and a 1952 Cadillac DeVille in the driveway. Because bears have class. And so, Goldilocks 
went inside the house, and there she found three bowls of porridge sitting on the table. Goldilocks didn't care about the three bears. She didn't care that she was committing felony trespassing, and so she ate their food. She ate it all, like a pig. And then she banged out a deuce and went upstairs to take a nap. And as she laid sleeping, the three bears returned from their walk and found that all their food had been eaten. So the mama bear went upstairs, and there she found Goldilocks, passed out in a cloud of farts and cigarette smoke. Ooh, mama don't like that one bit, no. And so she grabbed those golden locks and dragged her ungrateful ass downstairs, stood her up in front of the sink, and said, Goldilocks, you are going to make us some fresh porridge. And you are going to do a good job, or I will take you out in the yard, rip you open, strangle you with your own intestines, and nail your soul to a tree. The end. And then Edge goes, well, that was unsatisfying. Yeah, that was a little kind of creepy there, man. I, that was Bray fucking Wyatt. Like, Bray Wyatt reading Goldilocks and the Three Bears. And it worked because, A, it wasn't on a wrestling show. It was on a fucking tape show for the network. It was a skit. So it was funny. But if he did that shit in the ring, that would have been funny as hell. Bray Wyatt could take the weirdest shit and get it over. And that was his skill. He had the best gimmick in 2013 as part of the Wyatt family. He had the best gimmick in 2019 as The Fiend. He was voted most overrated in 2020. He was voted worst gimmick in 2017 with Sister Abigail. That was a brief thing they were going to do before uh, the measles came back and they had to cut that out. 2020, he was voted worst gimmick with The Fiend. Um, worst feud of the year in 2017 with Randy Orton. Worst feud of the year 2019 against Seth Rollins. Uh, worst feud of the year 2020 versus Braun Strowman. By the way, this is all the Wrestling Observer newsletter. So if this is bothering you... Tell Meltzer to go fuck himself. Um, worst feud of the year 2021 with Alexa Bliss against Randy Orton. Worst work match of the year versus John Cena and Extreme Rules. Worst work match of the year 2017 versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania 33. Worst work match of the year 2019 versus Seth Rollins. And worst, wor worst match of the year 2020 versus Braun Strowman at the Horror Show at Extreme Rules. So yeah, Meltzer can go eat a dick. Um, and, and he's also was a... Two-time, no, actually three-time tag team champion. No, it was two. Because he had one title reign with Randy Orton and Luke Harper where they had, like, the Freebird rule. And then he was also a tag champion with Matt Hardy when Bray was going through, you know, a moment where he was teaming up with uh, Matt Hardy as, as he was Woken Matt in WWE. So, and him and Bo Dallas were tag champions in Florida Championship Wrestling. So, in the end, Bray Wyatt had a great career. He was well-respected amongst his peers. He was ranked number six in the top 500 for the PWI Insider in 2014. He had Feud of the Year with the Nexus versus WWE. He had Match of the Year against John Cena in a Last Man Standing match at Payback. And he was Most Hated Wrestler in 2010 as part of the Nexus as well. So, he was very much... Had a legacy. He had some good moments, some bad moments, but overall, well-respected by everyone he ever worked with. And always had entertaining gimmicks and always knew how to get over. You know, he, he's remembered for so many great things. And he is truly a talent that will be missed. So, I just want to say, rest in peace to Bray Wyatt. He was an incredible performer, and there'll never be another like him. No, there will not. There'll never be another one like Bray Wyatt. Rest in peace, Joe, sure. Yes, and that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up. This recap of NXT. Zach, as always, thank you for the time to take your busy schedule to join us and uh, look forward to seeing you on the next one. Absolutely. And make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Google Podcast. Google Podcast. And iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio.
Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. I just recently dropped the recap that we did for the male soap opera moment regarding WWE SummerSlam, so make sure you check that out. And, of course, be on the lookout for our predictions for WWE Payback this Saturday. The episode will drop on Saturday, and, of course, Payback itself will be Saturday. Also, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content. And be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. We are currently working on Dark Side of the Ring. Zach and I just did the Bam Bam Bigelow video. I now got a bunch of videos I'm going to be doing now that Gator has been kicked off of it. Like I said, when you see the Chris and Tammy video, you'll know why he was kicked off of it. And... Zach and I also got a bunch of ones coming up as well that we'll be working on. And, of course, we're getting started on Dark Side of the 2000s as well. So that will be coming out to you guys very soon. So keep, keep posted on the YouTube channel. Be subscribed. Be notified. So you can be ready to check out all the great videos that will be coming to you. And, of course, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast until we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be... Saturday, November the 25th for WWE Survivor Series. We're still working out the kinks on that. As I mentioned before, the team will hopefully begin to get to provide you guys with a watch party because sadly, I will not be able to attend the watch party as I will be with Buff Bagwell in Winston-Salem, North Carolina on the 24th and 25th of November for WrestleCade. So if you're in the Winston-Salem, North Carolina area, come visit me, come visit Buff, come visit big legendary stars from the world of wrestling. It's going to be a stacked card of stars for WrestleCade. So make sure you come out. It is one of the biggest wrestling conventions in the world. So come visit us. If you're not in the Winston-Salem, North Carolina, though, make sure you go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast and join the Boochcast team for WWE Survivor Series. Also, we have a live D&D show coming soon. Our Boochcast booking battle and another special project in the works. I've got some cool shit coming very, very soon. And, of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99, $10 per month. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold it to the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. $10.99, bring it over here. We got better content than Network and unlike Endeavor. We actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with your credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment, we used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believes they're to be paid for their hard work, podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the recipe good old Zechariah Scott, his ramen noodles, and try to get him laid. It's like one step forward and 40 steps back. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. 
This has been the Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. I'll approach and goodbye till when we meet again.